Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. I'm used to seeing the backs of your heads. <laughs> so this is amazing. I just firstly want to thank you, Peter, for giving me this opportunity. And um, <clears throat> maybe I should start off by saying you're looking at a miracle. Amen. And God does miracles. And everything we sang this morning was just resonating with me. And oh, I just loved the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God that even when we are not faithful, he is faithful to us. <coughs> Excuse me. So I don't know where to start other than praising God, thanking my heavenly Father, blessing his name and giving him all the glory for giving me life where I was actually doomed not to be here. So I don't know where to start and I've actually said, Holy Spirit, there's so much that I could say. What comes out is what each one of you will receive something in your life for what is said. And in no way do I want to bring down the medical profession. I want to glorify God in the situation because in my situation, there was a lot of doctors and nurses and people involved. And there were errors and mistakes, but we're all human and everyone tries their best. But above everything, we can trust God 100% in every area of our lives. So, um, yeah, his grace, his power to heal just never ceased to amaze me because I've experienced that. So let me start in the year 2000. Uh, it was a, a, quite an eventful year. In the February, I lost my mom here in Somerset West. She passed away. And then a wonderful thing happened in March. My first grandchild was born. She's now 22, if you've done the maths, from 2022. Sure. She's finishing her degree, her fourth year, in Stellenbosch University. That's part of the story. Then in July, which is why I asked if I could share, because this is now July, 22 years later, sure. I was diagnosed with hectic breast cancer. Now, that's not a nice thing for anyone to hear, it's a shock, it's scary, you don't know the way forward, but you just know that it could mean that you're not going to be here for much longer. And in fact, that's what I was told when the medical people dealt with me. They said, look, you've got about five years unless you decide to have six chemotherapies, radiation and tamoxifen, which is a drug that they sometimes give you. So those things were scary for a person like me, who even till today, or not quite today, but generally speaking, if I take one discipline or panado a year, it's a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't like taking pills other than vitamins. I'll take any vitamin you give me, but don't give me medical stuff. Anyway, so the procedure started with a mastectomy. And by the way, everything in local um, government hospitals. 
Um, I think we didn't have med medical aid at that rate, but anyway, I was in the government hospital. So I had the mastectomy, and that same day, every hour I was injected with, I think it was pethidine, so I was completely blotted out. I never got up from my bed the whole day. So I didn't drink anything, and I had no drip hydrating me. So at the end of that day, I think I was literally completely dehydrated. And at about half past nine that night, I phoned Bernard, my husband. I said, you better just come say goodbye to me because it's tickets, I'm on my way out. Anyway, luckily we had a church full of medical people and a wonderful anaesthetist came at midnight and gave me a drip which rehydrated me and then from then on, I was okay with that. And then, about a month or so, I can't remember the timing, I had to start my chemotherapy. So off I went to the oncology section of the local hospital and I can just remember with a person that takes a panado once a month maybe, how I felt this poison going into me. And it's supposed to be good poison, but for me, it was very scary. Anyway, I remember that whole night just hanging on to God, because I had to sleep in the hospital that night. They wanted to see how I would react to this thing that I'd had put in me. And I lay there just clinging on to God. And the next day I was released, went home, but the following day I was back in hospital again because again rehydrated. They told me 10% of people react extremely badly to chemo and you're one of them. So these are all the negatives. Anyway, so I had this thing of, if you have this treatment, you know, the chemo, the radiation and the tamoxifen, you may have an extra 10 or 15 years, but it's not very likely. Anyway, so long story short, after three chemotherapies, I'm reading in my Bible, and I'm, I'm a person that takes God's word seriously. Amen. And I read in Isaiah 57 a word that I'd never ever heard before. And if you go and look it up, it was actually at the time in the Amplified, but several Bibles say the same kind of thing. Twice over in Isaiah 57, round about verse 18, 19, it says, I will heal you. In a verse or so down, I will heal you. And I thought, oh my goodness, God is talking to me. And then I read a pamphlet we were praying for, some like praying for Africa, and there was every day they'd give you a scripture to read in order to pray for a certain country in Africa. And the scripture that day was that very scripture. So I knew this is from God. And I can't say immediately things changed. That's why I love that thing. Even when you're not faithful, God is faithful. He continued to be faithful, although I was terrified of what was coming, especially after the experiences I'd had. Anyway, yeah, like for example, one time when they're looking for a vein, you know, your veins kind of disappear. Fifteen jabs I had before they found, you know, and this is the kind of thing that I was not used to. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me. Thanks to my wonderful husband, the amazing church that we planted in Bloemfontein in 96, this was 2000, the people rallied around prayed for me, helped me, gave meals, did everything to help me in the natural and in the spiritual by praying and believing with me that this could be true. So 
in the November of that year, Bernard's mom passed away. So that was like another sure, hectic thing. 2000, not a great year, except for Hannah. That was a wonderful blessing in the midst of all the trials and tribulations. But anyway, back to the story. So after three chemos, I get this word from God. So I said to the family, well, I think this is it. I, you know, I don't think I need the rest of all these treatments. But I thought, I'd better just have a fourth one, a fourth chemotherapy, in order to please the medical people at the hospital. So I thought, anyway, I marched in that day, ready to have my fourth chemo, and I said, by the way, I'm not coming back after this. I'm not having any more chemotherapy. Well, was I lambasted. I said, well, they wrote across my file, patient's own decision. They said, well, then we're sending you to radiation tomorrow. I said, no, you are not. So I had four chemotherapies, no radiation, no tamoxifen, 22 years, and here I am. So, just to say what I would have missed is another seven grandchildren and two more marriages of our children, weddings, um, and most of all, I must say, well, not most of all, but what is so special to me is that nine years ago, we came for the first time to Grace Life Stellenbosch. And Bernard sat at the edge of his chair and said, this is it. This is our new home, because we come from Bloemfontein. And we have never had one moment of doubt that this is our church. We love this church. We love the leaders. We love the people. We love what's been happening. We have been so loved and cared for and blessed and most of all, received more of the word than we've probably received in I don't know how many years. We were both saved around 1979, 1980, and we've been at conferences with worldwide speakers. We have never received such amazing word. And when the word of God heals you, the word is it. It is so beautiful, God's word. And we've never once sat here with our leaders and thought, hmm, maybe we must look around. We just love being here. And it's been nine years of love and care and blessing. So thank you to the the people that started it, the leaders that we had then, the leaders that we have now. We are so blessed. And keep believing that God can do miracles because I am a miracle. Awesome to uh, to have you with us as well. And um, I know Shane and Marna will uh, agree with me, but it's so good to have the, the wisdom and the experience that we can also count on and uh, just spend time with you guys. Uh, whenever we do, we're always so blessed and encouraged. Um, so, yeah. Then, uh, um, Sunay, if you want to come and share with us just a little bit about your, your experience. So um, when they asked me <laughs> over the weekend um, to say something this morning, I was like thinking about it this whole weekend, um, and I was reminiscing about like how I got here and everything. Um, so I came to Grace Life in 2016, a very difficult time in my life. 
came from a legalistic background and I think I was I, I believed definitely in God and I had sort of a relationship with him but it wasn't until I came here and I heard the message that they were sharing that I really started to see oh so this is what an actual relationship with God means it's not just okay we sit and we listen in church and we get um you get a message and then you just continue with your week and then you go to church and then you just continue with your week it's more there's more life in the message that you receive um so yeah that started in 20, 2016 um i was still in school um throughout my whole university student sessions that we had still in the nielsey that time um you know, I, there were so many things that led up um i met Jacques. we when i met him it was at a time where I was also like, I was so excited to go to church, which was a whole, also a whole new thing. Like you never, I was never excited to go to church. I was like, okay, I need, I need to go to church. Whereas now and then it was more like, it was, it was just amazing experience. So when I met him and I told him like, yes, I need to go to, I'm going to go to church. I'm so excited, whatever he would be like, he'd look at me and like, what do you mean you're excited? <laughs> I don't understand this thing you're saying. Um, so it was, yeah, then he started coming with me and he, I think over the years, definitely he started to understand what I was meaning, what I was saying. Um, but yeah, Grace Life has really been a platform for many things that has been a platform for me to receive the word, firstly, like um, Wendy also said, it's, it's the word that we receive here, nothing else. It's not, it's not a, a service of just, I want to say, the la-di-da, the tirlan tankies, the whatever, we come back to the word always, and that's, that's something that, we, that is very important. So, um, yeah, all of the years, I mean, it's been a platform for that. It's been a platform for community. It's been a platform for my fiancé to ask me <laughs> to marry him. So that was also big. Um, and yeah. You have to clarify, they got engaged in our dream team pre-service Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right next door. Yeah. Uh, uh, just uh, down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a big moment. <laughs> um, and yeah, it wasn't until I think one, one day we, we were driving from church and we said, like, we weren't in the dream team yet. And Jacques and I were saying, like, there's just something about the people and we just love being with the people and that's when we decided i think i think maybe we should just try to come in a bit earlier and just see how it is if we come in a bit earlier and just help and see how everything and that's really when i think things started changing in our hearts and we just found so much joy in serving um because we served from a place of rest i want to say so it wasn't a place where we felt like we have to serve the church it was so fun and i really yeah i really after um this whole i think it's now two years um just how we've grown and how we have been um growing with our relationship with god and him equipping us um yeah it's it's been the best experience and i will forever be thankful for grace life because i think um yeah, I don't think we would have been the people that we are now without um, yeah, the community, the word that we get, and yeah, just such a privilege, and I, I will forever be thankful. <laughs>
I love to say, if you're not in a life group, if you're not in the dream team, you're not getting the full package. Um, because that's really where we get to rub shoulders. Uh, some people get to get engaged there. Um, but uh, no, it's awesome. Now you've just done School of the Believer. So they just recently, yesterday, finished School of the Believer. Um, and I'm sure you are better equipped than ever to, to be a different uh, maker. Um, Henry, you want to come and share just quickly with us uh, your, uh, your thankfulness? Thank you for the opportunity. Wow, um, one is offered an opportunity to share what is your testimony or what you're thankful for. I mean, what, what's not popping up? How to choose if you're doing life with God? I'm thankful for choosing to come to Grace Life 2050. So going on seven years and I'm really, I've never been the same since. Um, Saved quite a while, but getting to know Christ for the first time in 2015. Growing, seeing his body at work and seeing his word in my heart at work. I'm reminded by a word in, in 3 John where it says, Prosper as your soul prospers. And um, the reality of, of letting the spirit infiltrate your heart. The reality of his kingdom being present in you and letting that word filter into your sphere and allowing His goodness, His peace, His wholeness, His restoration to affect you. It's an allowance. Because God's potential, His grace is lavished on us. And by seeing that at work in my life, being establishing me and establishing my roots. In uh, 2020, I can't even remember, it's, it's really wiped from my brain. I've, uh, I've, I've been challenged with um, something that I've never never imagined in my life, faced with life and facing with the, rea the reality of divorce. And I was choosing, am I going to share this today because it's so wiped from my brain and I'm so released of that hurt that um, I don't actually know what to tell you besides the fact that God the Father is on my side and nothing can come against me. Even though the carpet is ripped from me, I don't know the same English, but even though you feel like you need to recalibrate and realign your life, everything that you've imagined of spending, spending time with someone or allowing someone to, to fuse with your life has been, has been challenged and, and has taken a different route. And I think some of us has maybe faced the same kind of divorce or separation or of saying goodbye to someone, a loved one, family member, but in my case, you know, being divorced, um, facing with that challenge. But God's saying, listen, my grace extends beyond that. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't uh, ever disqualify yourself because my love is greater than anything that you can choose or can happen to, to you. And God's restoration was just amazing. And I want to share this with you guys because that is an opportunity for me to really, really cancel life. Because that's something that we, we put on a high pedestal in our life is that who you're going to celebrate life with, who's your person or whatever the case might be. But God said, I'm your end all, I'm your, I'm, I'm your everything. And if you allow me to be that, death cannot conquer you. No person can conquer you. And you can see his love work through you. And I've been restored and God said, you know, 
glory to glory. And not talking about what has been restored in my life. I'm blessed with Bianca today. And, um, but to say that I'm standing strong and the, the family that stood around me. God has positioned people around me. That's called Grace Life. And my brothers, Peter. His companionship. My friendship basically started with him. But I allowed allow community to happen. I can remember Shane sending a message to me when the first fireballs came my way in 2020 that he said, um, I sent him a voice that he was still in, <laughs> he was still in New York and um, standing in the subway. Um, I think it was one o'clock in the morning in our time and it was, I mean, at lunchtime in New York, how the time worked out and he sent me a message and I was trying to contemplate what did I do wrong? You know, how could I do things better? How can I be a better husband? Or what did I do wrong for this to happen to me? And um, Shane just stopped me and I said, Henry, don't look back. It's not your fault. We're going to face the challenges together and God is going to restore you. There's light in the tunnel. There's, there's hope. And you get what that brothership, that companionship, that body helping me but let me just breathe and think and use that opportunity to say God help me if he wasn't there I could have a lot of opportunities to, to cancel myself you get what I'm saying let's just say that God's restoration is real and um, another opportunity that I'm it's, it's a, tes- a testimony of, of one of my greatest experience in the street of ministering the gospel to someone is that I want to I would really invite you guys to, to allow the word to work through. I was, one of my best moments was when I had to, to share the opportunity to someone in the street. And um, the, this guy was at an opportunity where he was really rebellious. He was really um, going at it, anti-church, atheist, really rebellious. God gave me a word uh, to, 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 to pick him on his, his relationship with his father. Word of, word of knowledge at that moment because I didn't know he didn't have a father he really had bad experience with his father and then it, had, it just opened up a word to allow the gospel to to work and um, I cannot share this without without sharing you with Romans 8.31 so what does this all mean? if God has determined to stand with us tell me who then could ever stand against us and that was what I shared that day with that guy for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. Whom then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? All of us would say that I'm willing to believe, I'm willing to receive. Who then would dare to accuse those, accuse us whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them, saying that we are not guilty anymore. Verse 34, Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the Anointed One, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us, since he is continually praying for our triumph? We could ever div- who could ever divorce us from this endless love of God's Anointed One? Absolutely no one. 
for nothing in this universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecution? Deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Yes, it's an extensive passage, but how powerful and how freeing is those words that God can never separate us from uh, life challenges, the enemy, people cannot separate us from God's love. And in and through these two testimonies, by allowing that guy to see that God the Father, doesn't matter what your father did in this life, God saw there to be your father, your friend, your companion. And I could, he went from atheist in that moment and I could see the lights went up and I could see the veil opening up in his eyes. And by encouraging you to share the gospel, if you've yet to experience that, that's the best present you can ever receive in this life, to see someone's lights go on, going from darkness to light. So both in my, the challenge that I had to face, God's restoration and healing, all rooted and grounded in God's love. And there's a lot of people that I spend time with that's sitting here that can testify to this, standing with me as the body, ministering with me and to me. But I can just say one thing, the reality of knowing that God loves me. Not me working and saying, I love God. He knows we love Him. But you know He loves you. Let that become your reality. And I want to say thank you for Christ's love for showing me that. For equipping me, empowering and making me understand that. Because that moves me, propels me and encourages me to share. And now we get to, to celebrate that together today. So, thank you. Yeah. So, so awesome to be part of the family, like you said, from my side, Shane and I tag team. Um, and the, the, the time difference was really awesome. When I went to bed, I said, Shane, you're, you're it. And when Shane went to bed, I was it. So it was awesome to just rally around. Um, and again, in family, you get to experience as much of the family as you want to. Um, because a lot of us, we want to close ourselves in times of difficulty and we want to distance ourselves and we don't want to receive. Um, but I really think that's why the family is there. Um, it's a place of, of safety. And, and I love the Passion Translation in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, love is a safe place of shelter. Um, and that's really what we what we live to build here. Um, Gary, I'm going to ask you to come share with us as well, please. Hi, thanks, Moni. Is it on? Is it on? Yeah, it is? Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, just listening to the testimonies of the other, I maybe don't have a testimony like that, but one of the things that just came through is that when you are seeking the Lord with all your heart, He will be found by you. And that was one of the things with us coming to Grace Life. Jen and I have been here three and a half years, but we actually started off um, at Karis Bible School um, at their services in Durbanville and we were just so touched by the, the message and we kept asking we were even considering doing Karis Bible School there um, and then asked Pastor Isaac is there not another place closer to us because the cost and traveling and going all that you know would is there not a place somewhere in Stellenbosch and then he said well yes there's Grace Life in Rhenish you're still at Rhenish school and we walked in that first Sunday and it was just absolutely amazing and I think that's what changed our lives was um, 
the first Sunday we were there, oh, we're starting Bible school, and 90% of it is based on Karis. And I mean, I know things have changed a little bit since then, but it was just that whole thing that, um, you know, when you're seeking the Lord, and we just knew there has to be more. You know, we've, we've been Christians for a long time. I mean, I won't tell you how long. But um, the fact is, you need to take that head knowledge, and it needs to become heart knowledge. And I think that's what Grace Life has done for us, that it's a, it's a living hope. And one of the other scriptures we got when we were new Christians, we actually fasted and prayed. I mean, we were really zealous, and we had got Isaiah 61. And I mean, I don't know how many times Peter has brought that up that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. And I think that has really been a motto for us in Grace Life, that it's about that gospel message that Peter so eloquently exposed to us through the Old Testament, that the whole Bible is the gospel. It's about Jesus, you know, and that it's not something you can earn. We've already got it. What are you doing with it? And I think that's really been what has just motivated us at Jens and the worship team and we've really become part of the dream team as well and this doing life together is something that changes you and I mean Henry's mentioned it um, you so often stand sort of back on the outside and you know, let them do it and it's as I think Sunay said it's it doesn't be it's not work you want to be here you want to be here with everybody and in life group that we've got just the support and the encouragement and and the teaching is just being all part of equipping us. You know, we've been equipped to be disciples and making disciples. And I think that's really what it's about. The times we've gone out on outreach and um, the fruitfulness, I think Henry's just said it about when you see somebody's lights go on. And I mean, we are now doing things that we never thought we would ever do. I mean, Jen's always had a heart for outreach, which we've did, done before with singing ministries and that. But suddenly you're doing it as a team and with other people. and. That is really what makes a difference. That's our inheritance. We have eternal life now and so many people need it. Wherever you go, there are people in need. And so we just thank you that we are part of this family doing life. Thank you, Shane and Mona and Peter and Natasha. It's a blessing to be here. It's awesome to have you. Thank you so much. So this is what uh, Gary's referring to as our outreach uh, next week. Uh, Sunday night at five, um, come and join us. I remember the first time they joined us, and I wasn't their team. And it was awesome just to go around Stella Bosch. And it's not just the people you reach, it's also how, you, how you, you pray, how you hear the God, how He directs you. We don't just go anywhere, we pray about where we should go. Um, and it's awesome to see how, uh, how effective God is in leading us and guiding us. And you only get to experience it when you step out. God's not withholding, um, God is inviting all of us. Last one uh, for the morning is Marisa. Yeah, if, um, when uh, Peter asked us to, to share um, about the vehicle, that the grace vehicle that we are on and taking us from where we were, um, I, I was just reminded this weekend we went to my sister, um, they live on a big five game lodge. So um, they also have, so we went on a game drive and um, so it's just like looking back with your binoculars of grace looking and seeing where you come from and where you're going. And, um, you know, I just came on a story just to demonstrate, because I hear the same thing for everybody that's been here and what grace has done for us. So, um, uh, they, you can't run, obviously. You can't run there, <laughs> because it's a big five, you'll be eaten. So, <laughs> but there's a gate. And at the gate, you, um, <laughs> that you can go beyond the gate, but there's two gates that you have to go through. 
So the one gate, um, you, you stop and you look around and you see if there's a line and then you put the gate out, you get into the cage basically and this is a little cage and then there's another gate that you can go into freedom <laughs> and you can run forever there. So before my husband started running with me, um, he said he agreed to drop me there and then he, uh, there was a time that he will pick me up. So I uh, went through the gate, I'm safe, okay, in the little cage and then he's gone and there's the next gate so as i stepped out um they they then suddenly <laughs> i just i just uh, overheard a conversation that the line one the line was gone and they didn't know where it was <laughs> so and they can't find it because the track of the battery is, is finished so i stepped into my freedom but as i went on every uh, footprint was like it looks like a line. <laughs> and then when I was 80 meters in, I just heard this roar, this line. And I ran back to safety. And, and then I just realized, you know, we, we want, that's where the enemy wants to keep us. He wants to keep us in the safety of it's me, myself, and I. You know, you step from the danger zone. Okay, now I've, I've got fireproof because I'm safe. But then the next step is where you can step out in freedom. And that's what Jesus has done for us. He's, 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 yeah, through Grace Life, it's a vehicle that, that we saw the truth that sets you free. And that's by knowing you. And then from there, you can't help like, like the woman at the well. You want to share it with everyone because you've got freedom and they can have it and they can share it. And um, yeah, that's what, what's happened. And like um, Henry also sh- said, that it's the love of Jesus. It's not the love that we have for him, but it's what he has for us. And I just want to read here in um, Ephesians 3, verse 17. It just says, um, that's what Jesus did for me. Um, he says that the resting place of his love will become, or it became for me, the very source and root of my life. I just want to read it again because it's the resting place of his love became the very source and root for my life. And then after that, actually, then it shows us in in Ephesians 20, uh, verse 23, verse 20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. You will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Yes, and I'm, I'm so thankful for being part of this vehicle. So thankful. Ever thankful for the Father. So, uh, um, Shane, I think that's what it calls if we do our job. Is like we don't have the people do the work of the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> and we were in this Allowies Pass outreach uh, three weeks ago. And um, at one stage, um, I, I shared the gospel with the teenagers and um, we broke into small groups and smaller groups. And I could just see everyone was like fully equipped uh, to minister, to share the gospel, to lead people to Christ. And, and I like, I shared with a few guys in person and in small groups and 
I almost felt in the way, so I walked outside because the team was so effective and I found Shane outside. And Shane and I were standing outside and saying, hey, we're doing our job well. <laughs> he was on security, so I was, uh, I was the one who wasn't working. Um, so uh, I joined security and, um, because the eternal security was happening on the inside. And um, I want to just share with you this morning my thankfulness as well, is uh, looking back at all God has done uh, for us, in us, and through us. What has God done for us? That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And when you read the abundant life there, uh, it's really not materialistic. It's not materialism. It's nothing about that. Because that's, that's, God has done more than that. Amen? Um, John 10, 10 says in, that, in the Bachelor Translation, He's filled us with the life of the Spirit until you overflow. Until you overflow. And I think that's what we're experiencing this morning here is, is the overflow. Um, and that's what we, when, when we have healthy people join the dream team, they serve from overflow. They don't serve to get something, they serve because they've got something. And they've gotten something to give. And that's really um, what, I, what I believe the difference is here and, and maybe someplace else. It's not what we do for him, but what he's done for us. 1 John 4, he referred to it. This is love, not that you love God, but that he loved you first. So you want to operate in love with God, then let God love you. And that's what he's done for us. What is he doing in us? Oh, will we ever end? I mean, I can send the mic around and we'll be here for weeks. Uh, just to share testimonies. And um, yeah, even the visitors here this morning, thank you for joining us. And, uh, and no, this is sort of a, a celebration. This is, I mean, the, the word for Stellenbosch years back was this, this campus will be a train station. What it means is it, it, it won't be a stadium because we're not spectators. But we are all taking part. And as people go through, as students go through, as we send people out into the world, as they get jobs, they get married, they move out, they take with them what they've received here. And, uh, and, and it's awesome to see how people are still staying in contact or, or finding us online or sharing feedback. I spoke to a student who lives outside of Jeffrey's Bay the other day and she just said to me, listen Peter, what you guys have done in my life, will never, I'll, I'll never lose it. And I mean, we don't see her. Like, you don't, she doesn't fill a seat. So that's not our KPI. That's not how we measure success. We measure success in terms of probably doing what God is doing. Um, because what is done in us and what is done for us. And then what is done, what is doing through us? And um, I mean, there's so many things that he's doing through us. And there's, guess what, there's more. There's more that he wants to do through us because he's not the limiting factor we are. If we do outreach every, every day, people will get saved every day. Everyone realize that. Amanda Conway, she doesn't go to bed unless one person got saved through her ministry that day. And guess what, one person gets saved in her life every day. Not because she's special, because she's committed. Got the same spirit that you do. Same spirit that I do. So there's more for all of us. So 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 2. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. says, The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. And I mean, we're not advertising anything this morning. We're just celebrating God. Celebrating His faithfulness and His goodness. But it is written and engraved in the hearts of men. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Verse 3. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ, showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. It is carved not on the tablets of stone, but on human hearts. And that's why I wanted to, to give an extra time for testimonies this morning. 
Because as you can see, it is not just about what we preach, but it is how it impacts those who hear. Because the Word sets free. The Word brings freedom. Spirit is life. And that's all the things that we're seeing here this morning and that, we, that we're celebrating. And I know you didn't see it, but I saw their notes. They had much more to say. They had to, to, to jump through it because they realized there's, there's just too much to say because this letter never stops. The Spirit keeps on writing the story of grace in your life. Every day you get up, there's another chapter to be added about His goodness, about His grace, about His love, not just for you, but through you. This is not on tablets of stone, thank you God, because Moses dropped them, amen? But on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. How can you live confident in these days? Don't you know there's recession and there's diesel prices and there's petrol prices and there's wars? Well, we are not confident in ourselves. We are confident in our great trust in God. Why? Through Christ. Verse 5 says, It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Our qualification comes from God. And so awesome that it's not us. And that takes the pressure off. I often say, thank you, Lord, this is not my church. This is your church. These are your sheep, your people, your children. Help me to take care of them. Help me to lead them. Help me to guide them to green pastures and still waters. He has enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. And the more we dig into the Word and the more we see what the grace life really means, it's really the spiritual life. It's the life of the Spirit, the Spirit power of God in us. Because if we're only going to be anti-law, we're not going to live in the fullness of the Spirit. We cannot be anti-anything because we are not against something, we are for something. We are for the light and when the light shines, what happens? The darkness leaves. So you don't need to curse the darkness, just shine your light. Let your light shine so before men, amen? So what? So that they give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And everyone I said to you says, please don't give glory to Grace Life. Because Grace Life is only a vehicle through which God works. We can change the branding, we can change the color, we can remove it altogether. It just helps us to package things. It helps us to advertise and say, hey guys, we're going to be here on the day. Amen? This is our family. This is who we move together. This is the vehicle of grace through which we live. So this is a covenant, not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but the law, of, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. You see, it's nothing new. God started the, the, the garden when He did the creation, and there was two trees. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was the tree of the Spirit of life. The Bible starts there, the Bible ends there. In Revelation 22, it speaks about the tree of, of, of life. So everything in between is, what are we choosing? Are we choosing right and wrong? Or are we doing spirit and life? You see, we live in a place where people want to point out and judge and do this and do that and what do you see? But 2 Corinthians 5 says we've judged no one according to the flesh. That's the old law's job. The knowledge of good and evil. But now we live according to the spirit, the new creature, the new creation. So you're not new in the sense that you're a new version of the old. You are new in the sense that you are totally different. You used to be something, now you're something completely different. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're not something new yet. Guess what? You came to the right place. Because I want you to, to drink of the Spirit life uh, with all of us. Because for, Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conversation be, be without covetousness, your lifestyle. Be content with such things as you have. 
So contentment is not making peace with what you don't have. Some people think that contentment is okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to feel lust and, and covetousness. And, no, it is celebrating what you do have. What do you have? You have the Spirit of God. Because He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, is there contentment because you have the source of life. You have the power of God right on the inside of you. The Passion says, for you will always have God's presence. Can I add, you always have God's power. You always have His glory. You always have His grace. You always have Him close. For He has promised you, I will never leave you alone. No, never. I will not loosen my grip on your life. When a kid throws a tantrum, what do you do? What should you do? You should draw close. You should hold them dearly and kindly and make them come down and get their brains back online and, and all these things. That's what God does. When Peter sank, he didn't say, oh, like... Uh... <laughs> no, he was right there. He picked him up. He held him close. You see, sometimes we, we think people should be farther than they, what they are. Peter spent three years with Jesus. Come on, you better walk on water now. Well, he did. But it wasn't about that. Because even if we're on our mountaintops and we go down the other side, God is still going with us. Amen? We celebrate, not just on our birthday, but we can celebrate every day. Verse 7 says, um, so let's start, sorry, verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. There should be a boldness arising in you as you dig into the spirit life, this new creation. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their life, or the end of their walk, the end of their conversation. And that's really what this vehicle offers us, is a body, a family structure, where we can consider those who have gone ahead of us. You don't know it, but I listen to Shane all the, every week, all the week. He doesn't know it either because it's recorded. But I get from him, I consider him and Magna, I consider their life, I consider the teaching I receive from them, and then I distill it and I bring it back to you. There's a structure, there's a, there's a family, there's a safety in that. And therefore we're all moving together. And if I don't have the answers, I'm so glad I have someone to go to. I'm so glad I have someone where I can tap out every now and then. Someone once told me, oh, it's easy to start a church, you just get a venue. I'm like, <laughs> Blackbird. No. <laughs> Try that. Three years on, we're still alive, eh? Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Natasha and I have been leading for three years now uh, this campus, and um, it's been such a privilege. And when we came here in 2012, we never planned to lead a campus. We never planned. We just, we just found family. And I remember we walked in, and we were in... Um, we were some, some of the few who still attended Grace Life the first time that we were at Pretia Hotel, before Rennish. And I remember it was downstairs, I think it was Magnifica 1. And uh, it was sideways, and it was the evening service, and Shane was in Zoom. And it was our first service here. Um, and we visited with some other churches. We lived in Somerset West at the time. And we went on outreach with the church there. If you want to find out what a church is about, go on outreach with them. You see, the, you see behind the scenes, behind the show. And you see what the heartbeat really is. And, and we just said, ah, this is not it. This is not for us. What, what we experienced there was Facebook photos and handouts. There was no gospel. And I said to Natasha, I literally used these words. I said, something's missing. And there's a number of churches we visited at the time. I said, something's missing in all these churches. 
And I remember walking into, into, into this, it was a five o'clock service, I think, and I saw a banner and it says, it's all about Jesus, His message and His mission. And you know what I realized right there? Two things. One is, this is my home. And two is, I realized that Jesus was missing in many churches. Where I'm now is, then that's not church. That's something else. That's a show. That's entertainment. That's not church because when we gather, we gather around Jesus. We gather around Christ. We gather around His news and His hope and His glory that's now inside of us. Because Hebrews 13, 8 says, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't need anything new. Guess what we're going to preach next week? We're going to preach Jesus. Amen. What are we going to preach the week after? We're going to preach Jesus. I remember attending a church in Pretoria and I was so excited because they were preaching grace. Much to my disappointment when three weeks later the series on grace ended and they were preaching something completely different. You see, this is not a series. This is life. Christ is not a topic. He is a person. He is the source of our life. Now, therefore, I leave you with this this morning. Hebrews 13 verse 9 says, Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. My, my heart, my plea for us as a body is, is to not get tangled up in different things. And the word is exactly the same. It says, For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats or foods which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. The word, the word diverse there means various. We don't have various doctrines. We have one doctrine. We have one message. The word strange there is not like weird or strange. It's the word there is alien, foreign, stranger. And if you look deeply into the root of the word, it includes entertainment. That for me was a wake-up call again. A reminder. A strange teaching, a strange doctrine. If it's entertaining, watch out. Because we're not called to entertain, we're called to equip. I was entertaining in Solari's past the other day. I had spray paint and I was doing graffiti up front. And, but guess what? It wasn't to be weird. It was to convey a message. And you know what the message was? Christ in me. It doesn't mean we can't have props, but we have a doctrine. We have a message. We have Christ. Galatians 1, 6 and 7 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. You see, when you go into different teachings and doctrines and entertainment, you actually leave Christ. You're departing from who He is because I love how Paul makes it personal there. That you are so soon moved away from Him. So Him is a doctrine. Him is what we believe. Him is our faith. Him is what we preach. Unto another gospel, which is not another because it's not good news. But there are some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. So Hebrews says there's only one message. Now Galatians tells us what that message is. And what is it? It is the gospel of Christ. So every week when I prepare, I'm making sure, do I honor Christ? Do we highlight Christ? Do we lift up Christ? Because otherwise I'm perverting you. And I'm not a pervert. That's how serious these things get. Our doctrine, or rather the doctrine, is the gospel, which is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus, His message, and His mission. Back to Hebrews 13, verse 9. It says, Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. The word established there I looked up, and it means to stabilize, to stabilitate, or to make stable. 
I don't know about you, but we need stable hearts in this time. We need stable people in this life. I mean, we know some unstable people. They're difficult to be around. Guess what? Pray for them, but more so share the gospel with them. Because if they get grace, they get stability. And yes, it's going to take some time, but therefore we have discipleship, and therefore you are there in their lives to help them. We need some stability in this ever-changing world. The answer is grace. I can honestly say that the fruitfulness in mine and Natasha's lives have greatly increased since we have been established in grace. I've received the message of grace in 2007, but I wasn't established in it because I didn't join a church. I couldn't find one that was preaching it. So I I felt out of grace. You think it can't happen? I did it. It's very easy. Back into legalism. Back into... And you know what the fruit of legalism was in my life? Natasha didn't realize it, but I told her in the week, I actually considered suicide just before we got married. It was the fruit of legalism. I received messages of grace. I got born again under the grace teaching, but I fell from that. I had a perverted gospel. And the fruit of that was death. But the Spirit gives life. And Natasha and I found grace life right after we got married. Three months maybe later. And I remember she did the first rooted course. It wasn't a book, it was a course. And you know why? Because she couldn't find a job. So she, she joined the course. And she shared with me in the evenings what she received in the day in Shana Mana's house when they were still in Dibur. And that changed us. I was listening to your Born Again Identity series. That was the, the recording was horrible, the quality, by the way. <laughs> the, se- the printing wasn't great, but I turned it up. I was driving around to ShopRite stores doing my, my, my store visit with my ear on the speaker because of the words that came out of that speaker was life. It was identity. It was foundational. It was establishing me in who I am. Therefore, there's a fruitfulness because of the establishment, the stability. It's come through being rooted and grounded in a grace church, a family, being submitted where I can grow. Not running away when there have been things that we haven't agreed with. There's been many opportunities to run away. There's been many opportunities to get scared, to to be upset, to move on. But that's not stability. That's not establishment. There's seasons, there's, there's, there's winds, there's waves, there's things that happen, but when we stuck then we grow. When we get stuck in, when we, when we go study things out, oh, they said this and this again, I don't agree, let's go. Many times, then I wouldn't have been here. But now I've repented of many things I've disagreed because I've went and studied it out for myself and now I say, hey, there's life there. So when we share things from here that you don't agree with, it's easy to run away. But that's also immature. It's mature to study it out, to meet with us, to let us pass to you share with you how we see things because just maybe there's more life for you in it. What are we established with? we established in grace. Not with meats. Not with ceremonial foods is a better translation there. We are not established in things and gedoentes and gedantes. We are not established in anything that is ritualistic because that is not grace. If it is not spirit, we are not interested because the Spirit gives life. And it gives the Zoe life. It gives the fullness of life. It gives the abundance of life. So I don't need anything more than the Spirit. Because Colossians 2 says, I'm complete in Him. I'm complete in Christ. So let's overflow. 
Let's overflow. Let's change the world. Let's move on. You know, why don't we establish in? We're established in grace. And then he opposes these rituals, these meats, these ceremonies, these washings, whatever you want to put there, which has not profited them that have been occupied therein. What are you occupied with? Are you occupied with grace and spirit and life? Or are you occupied with things? The word clearly says there's a prophet, but the prophet is only on one side. The prophet is on the side of grace. You know what grace means? It's the word charis. And I just studied it out a little bit again. And it includes thankfulness. Today we're celebrating not just the banner. We're not just celebrating 12 years. We're celebrating the fact that we get to live the grace life. Not just attend the church. Called grace life. We live this life. We live it thankfully. We live it cheerfully. We live it graciously. And guess what? We also live it joyfully. All of that is charis. It is, it, is, it is joy. It is thankfulness. It's cheerfulness. And I don't know about you, but we've experienced grace this morning. We've experienced thankfulness. We've experienced cheerfulness, graciousness, joyfulness. And guess what? We get to experience it as family. And that's the beauty of it because God never called any one of us to do this alone. Praise God. Thank you so much, Jesus. That, that we're not alone. Be content with what you have because what you have is the presence of God. And if it sounds like Greek to you, that's English, by the way, but we'll make sure you get to know this. Come and rub shoulders. Come closer. Come and live this life with us. Come on the outreach. Go to Solaris Pass next time we go there. There's all these things. It's not to keep us busy. Some of you, I, I, I said no to invitations this week because I'm too busy. But let's be fruitful. Let's be busy with the right things. Let's be busy with the things of God. And that note, I want to ask you, Shane, if you can just come and just encourage us as a family. Shane and Mama founded this church on the 18th of July, 2010. Mama, you're welcome to come with us as well. Just pray over us, encourage us. And we honor you as our, as our parents. Um, as our grandparents now, and uh, <laughs> we're so thankful that you are here this morning to share this with us. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. Morning. It's good to be with you this morning. I um, thought, let me make a few notes, because as uh, everybody was sharing, there are so many things coming up that I was like, we have to share that, we have to share that. So... Um, you just chip in where you want to. But I wanted to say, firstly, just say, like, uh, Peter and Natasha, really, you, you guys are doing an amazing job. Uh, you know, we, we didn't plan to come here today <laughs> because we don't need to come here. Um, and so it wasn't a thought that, hey, let's go, it's a birthday, whatever. It was like, they'll be fine without us. You know, we've got four ways online that we're busy running at the moment in the morning. And so we were like, we have, we have to do that. And then this morning I messaged everybody in four ways and I said, um, join us an hour earlier online. <laughs> We're going to Stellenbosch uh, because we really just wanted to be here. Um, but it's awesome that we don't have to be here because you guys are doing great. And I remember the, the first uh, time we sat together in um, whatever, 22 on Oxford in Durbanville. And I don't know if this is a story I should share, but I'll share it. Uh, that's one of my hallmarks. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, I remember saying to you, you know, we've been praying about it and we've had dreams and God's been speaking to us and it's time for us to hand over uh, Stellenbosch, we're, we're moving on. And, um, uh, and I said, you know, uh, we feel like it's you and Natasha, but you guys need to pray about that uh, and, and see if it resonates in your heart. And, um, and uh, he came back and he was like, they don't feel it's, it's on their heart. 
Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's fine. And he said, okay, but, but who's, who's going to take over then? I was like, Cause I said, we're still leaving. You know, I, 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 success is not in succession. I really don't believe that. Like, if God says go, I'm going. Yeah, that's success. So I was like, we're going to go. And then I mentioned someone and he was like, okay, we'll pray about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ask questions about that story. And um, anyway, so that was that was funny. But uh, like I was thinking about it, and well done to everybody for being here. Uh, some of you are visitors, and you get to experience more just the family today. Uh, but for, if you've been here longer than a few or a year, let's say, um, you you've endured uh, not just good teaching, but you've endured uh, not like having a show and not having the comforts of like a lot of what a lot of churches do run uh, run on. Um, you know, and um, because we've never been about that. Yeah, we've never been about that. We don't try and put a band together. Uh, uh, I mean, I've been to many different um, uh, conferences and trainings and things like that. And I mean, one of the, the advices I got from someone you would probably all know, uh, a, a well-known pastor, was, um, you know, just hire unbelievers to, to, to run your worship team. If you don't, because we were struggling with having enough people. And I was like, we ain't going to be doing that. <laughs> also because we didn't have the money to do that. <laughs> and they probably wouldn't take a tip. They would want something more than that. But you know, as, I, as we look around, like, um, it's, uh, there's so many stories here. There's so many testimonies. Many we don't even know. And that's awesome. Uh, we really like that. You know, I was thinking about, where are you, Henry? When you first came to church. Uh, and that story is too long to tell. Uh, but like I remember he posted something on the Monacao group that caused no sm small stir uh, because it's completely contrary to what we believe <laughs> and I had people starting to contact me going what do you do with this and I was like let me handle it don't worry and uh, I reached out to him I posted something on the group we met up for coffee and I could kind of see where this guy's at and, and we hooked him by saying, you know what, we'll give you Bible school for free if you want to do it. <laughs> and then just seeing how, how you grew from that, it was, that was spirit-led. It's better to laugh than cry. <laughs> Everyone else's testimonies, you made me cry. <laughs> now we can laugh. Uh, <laughs> and then, I, you know, even, even you, Lumot, I was thinking about, it's awesome that you guys are here uh, today. Lumot was, um, uh, we started, what, in a, in a house? I don't think you, you went in the first meeting. But Lumot was uh, in one of the first meetings because I'd been discipling him already. And then he drug his family a bit later, uh, within a few weeks. But uh, uh, Lumot, um, uh, I was just thinking about all the difference, like the journey that, that you've been on and how, how awesome it is to have you here. And I was thinking about many different people. Monique, yeah, I was thinking about all sorts of different people and what you've gone through and how the family has been here. And it's, a, it's an awesome testimony. Some of you found spouses here. <laughs> it's a, that's a good testimony. Some thank of you are happy not to. Hmm? They can thank us later. Can thank us later. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in December 2009, I was in Bible school in America. And Madna was doing Bible school line correspondence here. And um, I, I remember sitting in our, our house's um, uh, living room. Or, um, what do you call it? Lounge. No, the place where you eat. Uh, dining, dining room, room. <laughs> thank you. I was sitting in the dining room. And um, uh, uh, God asked me a question. He said, if you could do anything, money's not an option, what would you do? And I was like, wow, this is cool. I've never had the, a moment like this with God. And I, I put my, my breakfast away and I went to the bedroom. And um, I was like sitting and I was like, okay, let me think about this. 
And online, I had carried on discipling like people like I still connected with Lou Martin, with Etienne, who's in Tigerberg, and a couple of other people. And I was like, you know, I just want to carry on doing that. Like just discipling people and walking with them and teaching the word in small groups and things like that. And God said, and what do you call that? I was like, I'm not going to be a pastor. Father. <laughs> like that's, that's not on my, my uh, I, 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 I don't want to be involved in church. Yeah. I've been in church. I don't like church. <laughs> and so then, and then it was just quiet. And I said, okay, yeah, we'll do it. Uh, um, I was speaking for both of us. And because uh, we were engaged at the time. And I just said, um, yeah, we'll do it. And uh, I just said, we're just not, not going to do it the way everyone else does it. We're going to do it the way we, we feel to do it. Yeah, we're not going to do the titles. I don't want to be, to be called pastor. And I want it to be family and relaxed and things like that. And praise God, we've been able to maintain a, a healthy culture like that. But then in, 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 um, in 2010, in April, I flew back from Bible school to, to do my father's funeral on, his, on my birthday. And it was a very busy year. Someone spoke about busy year. That was our busy year, uh, uh, Wendy. Uh, uh, my father died, did his funeral. We got married. We started the church. So 2010 was quite a year. And um, you know, uh, on, uh, at the funeral, about 40 people, everyone heard the gospel. You know, people were saying, you can't do the funeral. You know, you got to mourn. And someone who's licensed or something should do the funeral. And I was like, I just ignored them. I was like, it's my dad. You have no say. <laughs> and so I, 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 I did it. You know, we, we had a, a, a nice number of people there. And at the, the, the funeral, about 40 people responded to receive Christ uh, or, or said that they hadn't, they hadn't heard that before and they want to learn more. And uh, after the funeral, one of his best friends came up and said, you need to start a church. And I said, we did. And then Uncle Charlie has been with us since the beginning. <laughs> and so it was just amazing how everything's worked together, like over the years. You know, in, in uh, 2010, we started with seven people in an apartment. And then, in, uh, in, and that was in July and August, we got married. And two weeks later, we're in Stellenbosch Hotel having our first public service. You know, before we got married, we're saying to everyone, don't tell anyone we're meeting. Because we knew it would be a problem in, in town. And it, it was a little bit. Um, but, you know, we started coming together just because um, we wanted to enjoy grace. And we wanted to, to feast on the word together and just be a nice community. And soon we enjoyed grace so much that we, we, we started becoming missional. You know, people were driving from Piketburg to come to church, uh, which is far. I don't know how far. Two hours? Two and a half hours? And so, yeah, people were driving from all over the show to, to come. And so then we started planting churches. And we started reaching out further. And I mean, you know, we've reached out into Mozambique and Zambia, Zimbabwe, um, and North America, including Canada, UK, Zululand, uh, we've reached into Albania and other places. But the, the amazing thing is, is in all the places that we've reached, like, I mean, even today, you know, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we're on GBS uh, Africa TV. And, uh, we, you know, I, I kind of get frustrated with it because it's so much work for me. <laughs> and I'm every week thinking, let's just stop this now. <laughs> like, you know, setting up and setting down. I do all of that. I do the editing. I do you know, all of it. And then I smile on camera too. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and so it's a, it's a one-man show there, except for the partners who are helping to pay for it. And uh, the amazing thing is, is like, I, I mean, we were in Prisca. Prisca, in the middle of nowhere, and Cape. on a farm in the middle of nowhere. And I meet the farm worker, and he re recognizes me from TV. 
And then uh, uh, you, you were telling me yesterday, uh, Kunrad, that someone was following you around this week. Yeah. <laughs> he's not sure. No, no good. I then I can tell the story. <laughs> then I can tell the story. And then he's, he, he, he was like, um, yeah, they were talking, what church do you go to? And, and eventually it ended up, oh, I've been watching your pastor on TV. And it's like our influence is now all over the ship. Every year since 2011, we've been going to Zimbabwe. And we've got a strong relationship with the church there. And it's blessing them that, you know, we, we see each other as, as family, like the same church. A couple of us, well, I wanted to remind you, you must pray for us, <laughs> are going there. This, I'm going this week. You can pray for them the next week because they're leaving the next week. I'm leaving on, on Thursday. And, you know, we were like, okay, this is how much money we've got. So now I need to try and plan the trip and whatever. And the cheapest way to get there was breaking the, the journey up. I have to go on a, a, a detour. It was 2,500 rand to book from here to um, Harare on uh, Kenyan Airways. It's very cheap. Very cheap. 20-hour flight, but very cheap. 20-hour. <laughs> <laughs> I end up in, in, in Nairobi on the airport from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. And GBS TV will pick me up. And I'm going to go and do studio time. <laughs> and I get to meet a pastor that I've been connected to online for, for ages. Now we get to meet him at the airport and have a meal together. And it's like God just worked everything out so, so beautifully. Then I come home via Joburg, which is maybe not that bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's just amazing how it all worked out. And over the years, it's just been awesome to see what God has done. And, and it's also, like, like we said, the great testimony that... Um, yeah, we could organize the whole outreach into Solaris and then I could be security. Stand at the gate and make sure people are coming in and going out who should be coming in and going out. And then Peter could preach, Chad could preach, you know, everybody else could interact with the kids and it's just been awesome. So thank you for making Grace Life what it is. Amen. Amen. Very um, thankful today. So I'm also a bit emotional, so I'm probably useless behind the mic right now. But um, I'm just really so thankful to God for the last 12 years. Mm. Just how His grace and His love and knowing who He really is has really changed my life completely. Um, I wish I could introduce all of you to who I was before I really understood Jesus. Because uh, it would just be the most awesome ad. Mm. <laughs> like those makeovers, you know. <laughs> but one of the things that has blessed me most is seeing, aside from my life, that's just ridiculously amazing because of how awesome he is, but seeing other people respond to his goodness. Because it's so easy to share that goodness and that love with people, and then you see them rejected and walk away, and that sucks. But seeing people, and that's all of you, and that's every single person who's been through this train station, and that's every single person in every one of our campuses in all over the country and in Albania, and people you guys have been reaching out and ministering to who maybe aren't here, but whose lives have been changing. That's, that's grace life. And that's been the greatest joy and the greatest source of thankfulness for me. And that's all of us. Um, God spoke to both of us a few years ago very strongly. It was such a relief. I don't want you guys to try and build a platform. We're not trying to build a brand. We're not trying to um, have this massive ministry with 
you know, videos and, and, and big signs and, and lots of social media influence and all of that. It's like, I want you to just love people on the ground, person to person. Because that's how revolutions start, if you've studied any history at all. It's grassroots, it's person to person, it's just loving the people in front of you and sharing the goodness of God with the people in front of you. Oh, that's good. And, um, and that's what we, we get to be part of today. It's part of this family. It's just all over the place and just enjoying the love and the goodness of God and just sharing it with other people. And what more do we want mm. than that? Amen. Who, who, just put up your hand if you've been here from almost the beginning. I know Peter, the Aces at the back there, Kunrad, the Kunafals, Uncle Charlie. I mean, that's really awesome as well. And then, I mean, many of you have been here for years with that. I, just, I, I was thinking, I don't know if I should share this again, uh, but I, I'll just share one more thing. One of the, my worst memories... Of, uh, of Grace Life. Now, it's been awesome for us. It's been an awesome experience. And people would be like, you know, what church are you part of when we meet people? And it's like, I'm part of Grace Life. And they're like, okay, great. I'm like, I really love the family and the community. Don't tell them we started it. But, you know, like we, we enjoyed the, the family as well. Like when we've moved, when we've um, had children, when we've gone through things, it's been a community for us as well. Um, and we've been able to be community for others as well. But I'll never forget, we were downstairs. Someone in the church said, I'm bringing this, I'm going to try and bring this uh, client of mine to church. And, uh, uh, and I was, I, I didn't like it when people tell me they're bringing someone specific to church. Because then it's kind of like it influences your preparation. It influences everything. You know, you, you, you're trying to think of what should I say. And this was a, a very well-known, very wealthy businessman. Um, kind of old on his way out as well. And um, so it was like it's a golden opportunity. Okay. Because he's unsaved. Because he's unsaved. He's, he's, this guy's been reaching out to him, didn't kind of like, so now it's, it's, it's my turn. And I remember standing in church going, Lord, I'm scheduled to preach on financial stewardship today. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what I should do with this. Like, do I change my whole message to preach the gospel or do I speak like on financial stewardship and how money's a tool and this and that, the next thing and whatever. It wasn't a give to get message or anything like that, but it was purely just like money's got a purpose. And, you know, I'm sure it, it, it could be beneficial for him. Um, but I remember standing there and just feeling like, okay, you know what, just continue with the plan. And I regret that still. I regret that still. And, and uh, you know, I was, as, I, as I kind of thought about that, I was like, you know, because it's still very materialistic but then it kind of helped me to to think about how in the past two plus years three years maybe you know we've been kind of detoxing from uh, a lot of stuff like that and i was thinking about how you know now i can kind of i won't maybe put it on social media because it starts conversations that you don't want to engage in but i'll say it in any pl public uh, platform church wise like the gospel has nothing to do with money yes. nothing Nothing. It can influence your money, but it's got nothing to do with money. And like uh, you know, the message that we speak, you know, we've always ministered grace. And Jesus, we've always kind of said, you know, if we're preaching a message, Jesus always has to be the center of it. So we've kind of, with even financial stewardship, figured out how to put that in there. <clears throat> but now, I would never do that. Now I would have been like, this is the gospel. You know, this is, the, this is the, 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 the message. And, you know, over the past two years, I was thinking about it, how as leadership, uh, uh, we've been detoxing and, and, and investigating and digging in and all of this. And I actually thought it's a great time to also just say to everybody else, like, you've been so gracious with us. 
<laughs> you know, <clears throat> for 12 years because, you know, we've made mistakes. It hasn't been perfect. It's been authentic, but it hasn't been perfect. You, know, you won't find the perfect church, but, but uh, it's been authentic. It's been real. I remember uh, 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 I made a mistake, um, uh, a bad decision. And um, as soon as I sent the, the, the email, I realized this is a mistake. So I straight away sent another email <laughs> and I was like, you know, backtracking. And it ble- I mean, people left straight away uh, because of that decision. But straight away, Bernard messaged me back and he said he appreciates so much that, uh, 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 that he's got a leader who um, is humble enough to, to acknowledge his mistake and, and like, let's fix this. And it had done some damage, but it's okay. Because we're all learning, we're all growing. And especially now with, with different teachings and things like that. You know, Jesus is a center. We're wanting to keep him at the center. Let's keep the focus. And, you know, with that as our center point, the best is definitely yet to come. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah um, in, in, we've got a couple different groups and things and where we're ministering at the moment. And one of the groups we were doing, um, we're doing a couple of them, we're going through Colossians. And it's speaking all about you're complete in Christ. You can't add anything to completeness. Yeah, and then uh, uh, um, somewhere we brought up Galatians. I can't remember where. And we were, we were going through Galatians. And Galatians is a warning to not add anything to Christ because you're complete in Christ. And, you know, <clears throat> if we just kind of uh, uh, judge teaching like that, does it add to Christ or does it take away from Christ? Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to test it. And, and with, with kind of keeping Jesus at the forefront and saying, we're preaching Christ. And from Genesis to Revelation, we're, we're preaching the message of Christ. We're wanting people to know and experience eternal life. The Spirit of God dwelling in them, empowering them, overflowing from within them to live a life of victory, live a life of touching other people and being able to influence people for Jesus. Like, <clears throat> you know, we're not going to be able to hold back the fruitfulness that will come from that in your lives and then in the life of the ministry, which is going to only increase. You know, increase in more church plants and more areas being impacted. I mean, it's only in the past few years now we've really felt stirred up. And, uh, you know, we're, we're praying every week and we, we're mobilizing people and getting ready to impact Europe, Eastern Europe and other parts of the world like that, which are, 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 are um, uh, dehydrated from the gospel. You know, they had the gospel, but now they're not. Now, now a lot of those places are lost. And so it's really a privilege to be part of what God is doing uh, uh, in Grace Life because it's much bigger than this, it's much bigger than us. And uh, thank you for being part of the adventure. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.